All right, friends, welcome back to Nick and Dan's Bible Study Podcast for the first time in a long time. It's Hi. just Nick and Dan. I am so out of practice. You're going to get the best of me today, Dan. Well, we got you warmed up a little bit on Tuesday. Nick. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You're like the, uh, remember the old Saturday Night Live uh, thing with uh, Chris Farley's uh, Matt Foley, the motivational speaker? No. He's, he's in, you never, oh, man, you got to see that. He's in the basement chewing on coffee beans, getting ready to, getting wound <laughs> up and ready to go. That's like you, Nick. You're like in the, you're like in the, uh, in the backstage and you're ready to, be unleashed. I, I, I told you this morning, like, I, first of all, just to get ready, I knew this was coming this afternoon. So this morning I read, I, I listened to the last three podcasts. So the two, when I was gone and the one that we did last, just to kind of get my brain in order. And, you know, Dan writes to me this morning and says, you know, are you ready to, you ready to go this afternoon? I'm like, I'm ready to go right now. Like I'm like, <laughs> you know. come out the gate. You get your, you're all uh, worked up and ready to go. The, the problem with our conversations Nick and everyone along with us is that we have more to more different directions that we could go and more things on our mind than we have time or it would be good for you to hear. So we're going to try to. Yeah. This, is, this podcast is the abridged version of everything we talk about getting before ready for this before and after. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We talk for a while, then we hit go and then we talk some more usually, but um, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot on our mind. There's a lot going on in our world. There's a lot of Bible to dig into and uh this and, and today's, if this goes where I would suspect it's going to go, um, I'm going to say two things. One, we there's been a couple of weeks of really good lead ups to today. I mean, if you haven't listened to these back episodes, go back and listen to them. Um, and I'm going to say, especially last week's, because last week's really spoke to me. Um, but this idea about what story are you actually living out? But the real importance of today, as we get into this scripture, which it's, you know, I'm, I don't mind saying, I mean, it's going to be salt and light, is to every Christian, right? Not just the people that are listening to this that are seeking and are immature in their faith or new to the faith. This goes to the people who are seasoned in their faith. Yeah. Because the bottom line is no matter how long you have been a follower of Jesus Christ, no, how ma no matter how mature you believe yourself to be, you constantly, constantly have to be asking yourself the question, Am I still on the mark? Am I still following the leader, the you know, our, our Lord? Um, and sometimes it's easy to, to find this place of complacency where all of a sudden you don't realize it, but you've slept. Yeah. So, I mean, no matter what your level of maturity is, it's important because you are setting the example of kingdom living to others. So I'll, I'll confess that it, it, I can, I continue to sometimes, I'm not that hard on myself, but I continue to disappoint myself in the things that I don't see <laughs> over the course of of the years. I mean, there's, th there's connections in scripture that I just, I just see, you know, and every time we talk or I study or whatever, that seem like they should have been obvious. And there's things in my life, Nick, you know, that I should have connected certain scriptures to a long time ago that I haven't. And so I don't, you know, none of, I think none of what we say comes in terms of like judgment because like we've, we're better than you, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, praise God. Right. I mean, when, when your eyes are opened and the scales come off and all of a sudden you see something you didn't realize before, yeah, repent and, and celebrate because God just taught you something. And I, and I think for, for me, you know, as we, as we look at connections and things throughout scripture and the story that's being told there, um, the more we kind of just get some of the baseline information in our head. And we do that, you know, when we're growing up, we do that in our Sunday school and whatnot, our own Bible, re read through the Bible kind of thing or whatever. We get that baseline down, but 
over time, we can see, I think, more and more connections. And here's something that I just, I mean, I just got now. We talked the last two weeks ago, we talked about the Beatitudes, which is right before the scripture we're going to read here today. Last week, we talked about what story uh, are you living in? And, and I hope, guys, that you're thinking about that question. Don't let that, don't let that question leave, the what story are you living in? Because that's something we're going to have to circle back around to, I think, Nick. Because uh, as much as Brent and I did talk about, and we talked about on Tuesday, I still feel like in some ways we didn't maybe get into the heart of some of the different stories or, or narratives that we can be living in. But as you think about that, think about the, the um, uh, Beatitudes that we looked at, uh, right? Blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who, pour in, who are poor in spirit. I think a lot of us, Nick, as Christians have a story that that doesn't fit in. Right. We have a story of health, wealth, prosperity, the American dream, getting ahead, the perfect family, the whatever, you know what I mean? Like we have this, we have this story that we're pursuing. And sometimes when we open the scripture, it doesn't fit into the story that we've made for ourselves. And if we're not careful, we can either avoid the scriptures or we can reinterpret them. Mm in such a way as to fit our story. So here's a, here's just a key question I think are we are we allowing scripture and the teaching of Jesus to to shape and reshape the story that we're living in or are we are are we trying to shoehorn Jesus and scripture into our story? Right. That's a big question. It, it's huge and it's so critically important. Um too many you you actually touched on this uh I think it was with Steve DiBiase two weeks ago where you, you said, how many of us would, would celebrate being persecuted? Like, that's just unheard of. Like we would never do that. You know, the, especially in America, our, our, our desire is to fight back. Well, Hey, guess what? You're not doing what Christ called you to do. Right. Right. You're not, you're not called. We are called to live the example of kingdom living, right? We are not called to be the warriors of the kingdom, to go fight battles, to defend the kingdom. We're, you know, we are called to be the examples, the salt and light. And we'll get into the scripture. There you go. We're yeah. Right. We, we are, and, and how many people do you know that are willing to lay down the demands of society, the expectations of society and live as Christ? Because there's a price to pay for that. You know, living with the humility that we're called to live with. Um, you know, living with the servant's heart that we're called to live with, living with the idea that no matter how bad that person is just in your face, we are called to be peacemakers. We are called to live a different style. Um, yeah. And that the, the, the rewards for, for allowing that, you know, to, uh, for, for taking that abuse, if you will, comes in heaven, it comes in the kingdom living. Um, man, there, Dan, I got to tell you, it, the more I, I study, the more I read, um, the more I experience interactions with other people, uh, it, it really reminds me of what you said about yourself, but I would say about myself and a lot of other people. It's how badly we misunderstand the scripture. And as we misunderstand it, we're setting the wrong example. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to understand that our role is critical. If we're not setting the right example, then nobody, nobody's ever going to know what kingdom living is, what it means, right? right? So that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the challenge that we see. And that's, it's a pretty significant responsibility that we have to live in obedience to God. Yeah. It's not, um, I, it, it, there are sometimes I listen to things, whether it's a book or a podcast or interview or whatever, 
Um, and there's something that kind of sticks, sticks with me. And one of the things from that I listened to, whatever, um, but any case, this guy said, uh, it's about God's will in God's way. And I think sometimes we miss the God's way part of it. We sort right. of say, like, this is God's will. Like, God hates this. God likes this. And so we have to, like, you know, we have to do whatever it takes to make this happen. But not necessarily because we have to do it God's way. Right. right? God's way isn't jihad. It's not the crusades. That's not God's way. Right. Um, and so we we need to be careful because Jesus, um, and he modeled that. And that's why we don't just extrapolate doctrines, but we learn, also we learn from Jesus' example of, of how to follow him, right? What that looks like. And one of the things that it looks like is uh, is salt and light. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things that we have to uh, kind of make uh, make do with. So let's, uh, let's read the scripture um, here. Do you want to? Do you have it teed up, or do you want me to? Yeah, no, I, I've got it. It's and again, I'm reading from the ESV. So okay, go ahead. Um, bidding Matthew five thirteen. You're the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light. And um, to all in the house, in the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Okay, good stuff. This is something that's going to be familiar to people, Nick, to to, to Christian people, right? I mean, right. this this is not um, one of those uh, passages that's kind of kind of gets lost, and yet. Sometimes we have the the challenge that we kind of we think we're familiar with something, and so we kind of easily <laughs> we easily we easily overlook it. You know, it's so um, it's so easy for us to kind of say, "Oh, I know that one. Let's move on to something else." Right. You no, know, but we're not going to do that today. Right. We're going to dig in a little deeper um, on this. And so this is um, this i this idea of the salt it's it, i mean it's also significant it shows up in the names of churches there's a there's a youth uh organization in the, in this area that goes by this name salt and light right it's kind of a thing that um i think people have thought a lot about this whatever this is this is what we want to be or what we should be right right as uh as far as of jesus as christians so um what that looks like people have had different ideas about. And so we're going to, uh, you know, maybe think some, uh, about that here today, but this has been on your, um, this idea has been on your mind for a while. I think even three or four weeks ago when we were chatting about topics, you mentioned this idea of, of salt and light. Right. And so your part of your concern is how right now for us to think about how we're presenting ourselves. Right. I mean, you know, how, how many people claim Jesus, um, as their Lord and savior, but don't live in obedience to his teachings. And so again, I, I go back to, you know, a theme that we talked about occasionally, not as much as maybe some other themes, but this idea that if, if, if the Bible says one thing, but nobody in the church is living that way, then the people out in society are basically look at it and saying, what are you a cult or are you just another club or what is it? You know, there's nothing significant there. It's only the power of the gospel comes through when we actually live in obedience to what Christ taught and to God's will. Right. 
So maybe going back to what you said, the how matters, how you live this out matters. Right. Um, and, and unfortunately too many people are, they'll, they'll, they'll talk a good game, but they're not living it out. Right. Yeah. They, they want to dive into the fight. They want to dive into the division. They want to dive into whatever it might be. Um, they're always looking at the worst of the worst as to, you know, instead of, instead of, um, stepping into the chaos and, and bringing that servant's heart into how can I calm people? Too many people step into the chaos and want to be a part of the chaos. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I'm, I'm trying not to say that P word that I keep coming back to, but I think in, in the next two weeks, we're going to see a lot of politics that are going to really taint people's hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. And, and, and there again, you know, in all these conversations, the, the, part of the thing is isn't so much that we're not i mean I, I would hate to have people accuse us but i think they could of us of just kind of like not wanting to have opinions about things or not wanting to even to an extent take positions on things but it's it's the way that we do it hmm. that i think is really um can be so sad sometimes right and um so it yeah. So, so such that it's not like, well, I disagree with you, but I'm so thankful that you listen to me, that you're a thoughtful person, that you, you know, will do anything for me, even though I disagree with you about this belief or this politic or whatever. That's not what we're seeing a lot of times, Nick. We're thinking like, right. why are you such a jerk? Right. You know, pastor, <laughs> why are you such a jerk? Jesus guy, you know? Right. And uh, that's not the win. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, winning your point is not the win. Right. Yeah. You know, like staying engaged in the argument until you win or until you beat the other person into submission is not the win um, yeah. because you've not exposed them to the kingdom. You yeah. know, I don't know what you've exposed them to your hostilities or, or your arrogance, but you've not exposed them to the kingdom. And and that's the sad. I mean, it's sad on two fronts. If you think about it, Dan, it's sad because the person who declares Christ as their Lord and Savior probably needs to do a lot more study of what that means. First of all, so it's that personal impact of the person that is not living in obedience. But then secondly, it's that presentation of what it means. You know, you're not going to draw anybody else into the kingdom. You're not going to evangelize effectively. You're not going to share the love of Christ effectively if you're not living the way he calls us to live. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you have to, here's one of the things that we're, we're, we're a little bit of field. We'll get back to this passage of scripture in, in, yeah. in a minute, but let me just, I just, I had this on my mind a lot because, and I've been sharing it with some people. I did a blog post a while back. I should link, I should link it up again here for some people. But, um, cause, cause a lot of times people that we know are really, they're really passionate about things and about things that matter. And they'll say things like, I get so angry when, you know, and whether, you know, it could be an issue like abortion or something, you know, that's one time a lot of, that's, that's for a lot of times people, you know, they'll say, I get so angry that I have to, you know, I feel like I have to do something. I have to keep keep saying something, and, and I don't disagree with that. Mm -hmm. um, but I go back to uh, to Paul uh, in Athens on Mars Hill because I think this is such a great example. So what we're told is Paul gets there, and he sees all these idols. And Luke, the, the author of Acts, tells us that Paul's he's really upset, like he's like he sees all these idols, and they it really offends him. Like he's, he's really upset about it, but yet when his speech is recorded, when it stands up, he's, he's, he stands up and he says, it's recorded in the, in the book of Acts, right? He says, people of Athens, I can see that you are, uh, 
religious in every way because you have all these gods. Like he, he basically comes out and he says, I see you guys are serious about your spirituality. Right. Right. But we're told a minute ago, he's, he's, he's upset. He's distraught. He's angry about this. But what, but, but how does he posture himself? Right. How does he put himself into the conversation? He doesn't come out saying you guys are a bunch of, you know, evildoers, you know, um, he comes out by building bridges and then he gets to the point. Like, it's not like he avoids saying the hard thing, but, um, you know, he chooses to not let his emotions dictate his interactions. Yeah, and, and how he says it actually, it, it like further stimulates their thought, their consideration, yeah. right? They're going, whoa, the unnamed God, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. It's like, well, like, like, that's a, that's a unique angle. Yeah. You know, Paul. And so, you know, he's asking questions and like Jesus did that a lot. Like he asked questions, like, have you ever thought about it this way? Have you ever thought about that? You know? So instead what we do is we come in and we exert ourselves. Uh, and again, right. It's, it's hard when, when something, when you believe, or even we would say, no, is something that God cares about. It's, it's hard not to do that. But yet, I think we can see so often the way that we go about things, it's just, it's just ineffective. Right. It, it puts up walls and it builds antagonisms. And so we start digging trenches on things. Um, and, and we're lobbing grenades back and forth instead of having conversations about our disagreements on things. And, and I don't think that doesn't feel to me like salt and light. Right. Um, the way that we so often... Um, you know, engage in these, uh, in these conversations. So, uh, so the salt, right. And, uh, maybe some of our listeners are, uh, are up on this. You've probably, again, I don't think, you know, sometimes people ask, have you ever heard a sermon about whatever? If you were to say this, I think probably everybody that's been around the church for a while has heard a sermon about this. Right. I've preached at least a couple. I've heard, I've heard many more. Um, but the salt, uh, you know, again, Jesus doesn't go into a lot of detail here on the specificity of his application, but we know that salt had a very important role uh, in their society. It was used to make food taste good. They didn't have a, a, quite, a, quite the uh, dressings and marinades and whatever that we do. <laughs> they had some spices and things, but, it, but salt uh, still today, right? It gives, gives things some taste. Yes, indeed. Uh, and they also used it for preservation, for preserving food. And so, you know, some uh, biblical scholars have taken um, this in different, you know, in, in one or two or both of those kind of different directions. Um, but in any case, um, I think Jesus's point here, and I'll you know, like to hear your thoughts in a, in a second. Jesus' point here is that when we um, when we fail to do what we're intended to do what our purpose is, then we become, we become useless. Right. And, and I think it would seem to me that that would be his concern here, right? That, that his disciples or his audience, that they would lose purpose. They would lose track. They would get, you know, into our story conversation, right? That they would, that they would get off of the right story and, and become, um, I hate to say useless, but that's the what he says here about the salt. Well, it is useless, Dan. Salt loses its saltiness. Um, it's and there, there's something. Some people say too that they would put 
the the unsalty salts on the road to kind of work to kind of work in the cracks or to give a little bit of traction or something but it was basically sort of like it it failed that was never they didn't ever like um you know use salt for that purpose they didn't have ice the way that we do here we use salt on the road sometimes but that wasn't a purpose in in uh in israel so much not a lot of ice and snow there uh, but anyway, you were going to say something more meaningful. Yeah. Than that. <laughs> well, yeah, you said you hate to you, you hate to use the word what useless, but it is useless. I mean, and if you think about it, we've talked about this at length. You can memorize scripture all you want to. You can read the Bible through as many times as you want to. You can teach Sunday school for your entire life. But if there's no life transformation that comes about as a result of what you're doing, I mean, if you're, you know, if it, it there has got to be life transformation. There has got to be something that brings us all into obedience with this new, this new kingdom that we're, we're stepping into. We our, our life has to look different. If our life doesn't look different, if we look just like the rest of society and we're just playing, you know, we're talking about the Bible as opposed to talking about something else, but we look just like those other people do. Yeah. We're useless. We're, because we're not, we're not the whole point of this. The whole point of the salt and light piece is for us to live kingdom. It's to live differently. It's to be the example to others um, on, no, you don't have to be antagonistic. No, you don't have to be divisive. Um, yes, you can find contentment in every circumstance. Um, if we're not, if we're not exposing people to that alternative, then we're useless. We're, we're useless to the kingdom. We're not doing what he, we were called to do. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and Jesus, you know, in this whole thing, this, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew five through seven is kind of all about who he does want us to be. Um, right. and, there's also, and there's things along the way of who he doesn't want us to be, but it's, it's kind of a, he's painting a picture here, right. Of the kind of people that are his disciples that are, that are, that are kingdom people. And, um, Interestingly, I just think a lot as we look through this, a lot of this isn't so much about the positions that we hold on things, but on the way that we live, right. the way we position ourselves, um, not, not relative to issues per se, although there's some of that, um, but in the way that we treat people, the way that we interact towards people, and in particular, as comes uh, really up at the end of chapter 5, that Jesus talks about very directly about the way that the way that we treat our enemies. And I don't think that's irrelevant, Nick, to this conversation about being salt and light. Right. The way that we treat people that are our enemies, either personally, ideologically, whatever, the people that upset us and frustrate us the most, the people that we think have it the most wrong, the way that we treat them uh, speaks to whether or not, I believe, we take this admonition from Jesus about being salt and light seriously or not. And, uh, I just, I hope people take pause of that here and take that, you know, and to take that, uh, seriously, um, in this conversation. And let yeah. me have the, go ahead. Well, I just keep saying too, and, and this might be stretching it a little bit, but for the listeners, what do you, what do you, what do you fight for? What do you fight? Right. Like what, what are the things that you just find? You can't keep your mouth shut about. You have to defend it. Um, and I've said this in the past, you know, there masks, 
COVID masks, right? I mean, there's people out there that that's been their mission for the last several months is to fight masks. Well, you know, what we should be doing every moment of our day is being the salt and light and, and, and promoting Jesus Christ, right? Not fighting back. I, I share with, with Dan before the conversation started, I was chuckling today because there were some Christian people posting this, this uh, thing on Facebook. It was a copy and paste thing, but it was this logical person walking into a restaurant, um, the, 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 the server telling them that, I'm sorry, you have to put a mask on until you get to the table. And of course there it just unfolded like, well, so I'm unsafe while I'm walking, but I'm safe when I'm sitting. And, and, you know, there's just this logical argument, but at the heart of the whole discussion was the, the, way the server was being portrayed in it, which upholds how many people are treating servers nowadays. Guess what? The server's not the one who Im implemented these laws. Nor is the owner. It's the, it's the governor. Nor is the owner, right. These are just people who are doing what they have to do based on their liquor license, based on their restaurant health license, based on a whole lot of things. Yeah. And yet this entire cut and paste thing, whether it was intended to be humorous or what, and I don't think it was, um, kind of made out this whole per perpetuated this whole, how stupid this whole thing is. And I'm sitting there going, these are Christians. And what this thing actually does is make the server look like an idiot. That is absolutely, absolutely at its core inappropriate. Yeah. And, and how many times do, do that, does that happen where, you know, is, is it a, is, you know, is it a Christian person or not that walks into that store and says, I'm not wearing that mask. And, and they, they proceed to abuse somebody who all they're doing is their job. It's their responsibility. They're getting paid for somebody and they have to do it. And they're getting and beat up for it and not paid that great for it and everything. Right. Else, you know? well, right. And, and, and we just, we don't display any Christ-like attitude. And yeah. yet we'll show up at church on Sunday morning. It's like, those are the things that matter. We keep saying how you live it out is what matters. How you act as the light to the world matters. Well, it's been, I mean, you know, you can take it to my, I was thinking as you were talking about the restaurant thing, we, you can take it in mundane areas, but you know, it's kind of become like a, like a, like a laughing thing. But the fact that, you know, Christians aren't very good tippers at restaurants. Yeah. I mean, they say all the time, like, and I've, I've asked servers about this and they confirm that it's true, you know, that the, the after church on Sunday crew, cause it's a little different right now with COVID, you know, that they, they don't look forward to that. Right. You know, so, I mean, you talk about from complaining to, you know, what are all the, all the little things, you know, and, and, and we talk about Nick and we talk about like evangelism, sharing the gospel and stuff. We talk about how hard that is and you know how hard it is to have conversations and stuff. And it can be, but we don't even want to do the basic things that we can do to, to be, to be salt and light, to make people realize you know that our lives are attractive because of the way that we live because we've been you know we've received the generosity and the kindness of god that when you know when we and i mean it's just like it's the theme again and again and we all like we're all like so we're so thankful right that while we were yet sinners you know christ died for us that you know um that you know we're we're, we're just worms we're nothing we deserve we deserve hell and blah, 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 but we get this from god but we don't want to give it to anybody else yeah, it's the celebration. We get the grace, but we don't want to give it to anybody else. I mean, come on. And and, and Jesus saw that. I mean, you know, uh, that the the parable of the unmerciful servant. Even right after the right after the Lord's prayer here, Nick, in this in this uh, you know in this section of 
uh, scripture that we're in, as soon as the Lord's Prayer that we all know, or the, the, the Our Father, if you're from a Catholic background, um, the very next thing after that that he says is, for uh, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Like, how many of us read that? Like, whoa, skip right. past that one quick, you know? And it's the... A missing connection, I think, in, all, in the in the broader discussion, Nick, has to be that the grace that Jesus has has and continues to show us is supposed to shape the deepest parts of our hearts, our minds, our actions, our words, our lives. That we should be, you know, we should be the most generous, the most grace-filled, the most patient, the most forgiving, the most whatever people, you know, um, that there are because of what we believe. Right. But there's this disconnect so often. Right. And it's like, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know an extent because I have disconnects in my life, but I'm, I'm trying to close those gaps, Nick. Right. You know? And, and uh, so it's, I don't know. Well, I mean, and, and I think again, I, <laughs> We've kind of we've kind of come to this dark place, and we don't want to be in this dark place. The whole point is that it is our responsibility as followers of Jesus to display that grace to others, to share the joy with others that we receive when we understand that our sins are forgiven, right? And and, and it's we are supposed to be the light, the good in the world. It's not just a it's not just a responsibility; it's a privilege. Right, it is that, it we, is that we have. I mean, here's here's the picture. So Jesus, you know, in in John's gospel in particular, we have the the I am's, right? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Right. Um, you know, and John calls, he refers to Jesus and even in, in his letters as as light. God is light. Uh in him there's no darkness. So 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 think about Nick, think about the enormity of this. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And then here, in this passage that we're looking at, he says to his followers, his disciples, us, you are the light of the world. Jesus has taken his own, his own light, his own responsibility, his own calling, who he is, and he's entrusted it to us, right? He's poured his life and his love and his grace and his light into us, and he said, he's, Right, Jesus died, he rose again, he ascended to the Father where he sits at the right hand of God, and now he pours out his Holy Spirit on us and he says, you're the light of the world. You're, you're the ambassadors for Christ. You're the ones that represent me. What people think about you is what people are going to think about me. Hmm. I mean, that's it's sobering in one sense, yeah. but it's something that we need to be responsible because we don't, we don't want that. No, 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 no. I'm not the example. I'm just the whatever. No, you, you, you own it. You wear it. Okay, Nick, going back, bearing God's name, right? That right. book you love so much, the Old Testament goes back. It goes back to Sinai. These are, these aren't new things that Jesus is bringing up here. He's, these themes that carry through the storyline of Scripture that you you know that we we bear His name. Yeah, we 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 are the representatives to our communities and to our world of of what it means to um, to know Jesus. Yeah, and it's His story. It's His it's His it's His eternal plan. Not ours. Yeah. We're not I the think, center of the story. I think it's awesome. I mean, God's at the center of the story. 
And yeah. and I think you you touched on it maybe last week, maybe two weeks ago, where you guys talked about the invite. Like this is an invitation. You have an invitation. Yeah. You know, you people, the people that are listening to this podcast, you have an invitation that you can respond to to come in line with God and be a part of His story, right? Yeah. And and far too often um, we present it wrongly, where oh, it's about your salvation. You're in the middle of the story. No, you're not. You're not. You know, you're scripture defines it over and over again. Um, if you love me, you will obey what I command, yeah. right? You, yeah, you'll be obedient to what I'm telling you. It's also for, it's also for our good. I mean, that's the, that's the upside down aspect that we talked about in the thing, right? If you, uh, you have to lose your life to find it. Right. Um, I'm, I'm crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but he lives through me. Well, not, none of us want to think about the crucified with Christ, but think about the second half of that. He li- he lives through me. Hmm. I mean, that's <laughs> that's powerful. Yeah, right? Nick. I want to tell. I want to say, you know, if you're if you're somebody who tends to kind of be walking around grumbling, complaining, being stingy, whatever, you're not. You're missing out. You're. I mean, it's not just about. You know, we can say it's not about you. It's true, but you're missing out, <laughs> right? Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. Yes. Um. So, so try him out. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a win-win-win when we do things Jesus's way. It is right? and, and, his will, his way, and uh, and and how many people, Dan? How many people would look back and read the stories of, uh, read the Gospels, right? And go, you know, those Pharisees should have gotten it, man. They were schooled. They knew what they were doing. They should have seen him as Messiah. Well, guess what? They didn't have the complete picture that we have. So for us to not understand that when Christ calls us to obey what he teaches us, to somehow think that our way is better, that's no different than the than the Pharisees who didn't see the Messiah and went ahead and crucified him, right? For us, we have the scriptures. If you're a follower, if you're a proclaimed follower of Christ, you know, we have evidence of what he taught us to do. And yet so many people just ignore it. They don't live by it. They're not transformed by it. And and you can't be the salt and light if you're not transformed by it. And, and again, I've said this before, and it's kind of harsh. I'm going to say it again. Like the kingdom doesn't need talkers. Yeah. The, the kingdom doesn't need you know, the rule keepers, the kingdom doesn't need people going out there telling everybody what they're doing wrong. As a matter of fact, that's probably counter to what Christ taught. That's not what we're doing though, is it? <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's, it's, I think what we're trying to do is present what scripture says, right? So we're giving examples of, of maybe yeah. where, where society has parted ways. And, and Dan, that's a good, that's a really good point because it, 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 this is another one of my critical issues. And that is, um, and each one of us, I'm not, each one of us has to decide this for ourselves. How much do we worship Jesus Christ and how much do we worship the culture that we were raised in? And I'm not talking about the secular culture now. For those of you, I'm talking about church culture now. Like, So if you grew up in a denomination or a, you know, a certain line of practice, how much of what you do is because that's what you've always known as opposed to doing what the scripture tells you to do, yeah. right? Hopefully so, there's... 
Hopefully there's some overlap, but not always. <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's a lot that churches do that, that are not in line. Like, you know, again, I I've, I've said this before, not that this is a bad thing, but th this, this sort of traditional Sunday morning gatherings that we do now that are so regular, a lot of people don't realize that's kind of what we do now. That's not what they did in the Acts church necessarily. Right. It, it looked different back then. Um, you know, it's kind of funny too, how, how people, I wish more people would study their history, right? Their church history so that they understood what was the role of Israel, right? That, that we're, we're sort of spliced into, you know, the, 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 the synagogues of old, if you will, that's part of our tradition. Um, like it or not, we're all a, a part of, you know, our, our legacy, our history has been the Catholic church, um, and, and if you think about that, too many get caught up in, um, the reformation period and, and all the corruption that had taken place and they lose sight of the first, you know, however many thousand, you know, a thousand years, whatever it was where the church was in development. And, and, you know, so it is important for us to understand where we come from, um, because it, it, it strikes at the whole unity clause of the Bible, right? We, we find ways to divide. We find ways constantly to divide. Um, I, I mentioned this to you and, uh, yesterday, it just so happened that Pope Francis made a comment based on civil unions. And when I saw it on the news, now I hadn't done any research and I kind of missed what he said, but I knew that the next day social media was going to light up and just blow, like just blow him out of the water. And I knew that most of the criticisms were going to be coming from places of ignorance and misunderstanding. Like th there was going to be an immediate visceral response to what he said, and nobody was going to take the time to pause and say, okay, wait a minute. What did he say? And what did he mean? Right yeah. now? I'm not even judging whether he was right or wrong. I'm simply saying the response that is done in emotion and anger or emotion and whatever you want to call it. That's a hard issue for the person that's now speaking it out. It comes back to the it comes back to the question that we threw I threw out earlier. I think how how do you disagree in a Jesus way? You know, right? So, so like with the assumption with the assumption that maybe there's going to be whether it's that or something else, there's going to be things that people hear. And back to that the, to the example that I gave about Paul and Athens. Like, what if something you hear really bothers you how are you going to respond to it are you going to lash out um or are you going to engage with it and um you know in in a way that is it's not you don't you don't have to compromise what you believe but just make sure that you're having the right conversation the right way uh and in in the character of christ right in the fruit of the spirit right because you don't get to just cancel stuff out when you feel like you're just mad enough well it makes me chuckle too because you know again if you think about it in, in what is it? Two weeks now we're going to have a Well, yeah, two weeks now we're going to have election results. I think maybe three weeks, there's going to be a lot of unhappy people out there, regardless of what happens, right? Yeah, half the country is going to be upset. How are you as a Christian going to respond? Are you going to be part of the, you know, the, 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 the folks that are just screaming, yelling and striving for anarchy? Or are you going to be part of the people who call them and say, it's okay. It's a new day. It's God. God's still in control. God's still on the throne and it's okay. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I, know, I know how I've, I'm pretty much planned how I'm going to be, but <laughs> it's not a, but you know, um, 
an interesting thing about the, um, and somebody said this to me is it's kind of an interesting just framework to keep in mind in general, because you, when you said earlier about just talking about stuff and you know, we, we are, I mean, like, like, let's be honest, like what we're doing here is talking about stuff. Right. Um, and so the, qu the question that this person sort of throws out there, this paradigm is the question of, do you, do you walk the talk, but he even puts it differently. He says, are you talking about what you're already walking? Hmm. It says there's a difference. And that's the, and not to compare ourselves too positively to Jesus here, but I think part of the authenticity and the authority that Jesus had, which was of course who he was, but you know, Jesus didn't hold any position in society at the time. I mean, he was viewed as a rabbi because people chose to follow him. Right. But the Pharisees didn't really acknowledge him as, you know, like one of them. The Roman government certainly didn't acknowledge him as anybody of substance. But yet when people heard Jesus teach, they said this, this person teaches like with authority. He, well, for one thing, he got it. Of course. I mean, of course he got it. Jesus. But everything about the way that he lived was consistent with what he said. Right. Anybody can talk. The question is, does your does the walk match the talk? Right. Does the talk match, you know, in both ways? And that, that's, I mean, as far as you and I go, that's, I mean, I guess that's not really for us to say. It's for other people to observe. But my hope is that people find that's the case, you know, because, um, I mean, I intend to not with perfection, right. but, um, but I, but I intend to live this way, what we're talking about. Right. And I believe you do as well. Um, so there you go. Um, you're the light of the world. It's a big responsibility to live up to. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Hmm. So it, that's interesting. I know we're, we need to wrap up here. Um, that they may see your good deeds or good works. And I don't know what you have there. I think it works as the King James. Um, good works. Right. But it's action. Right. Not good speech. <laughs> it's not whatever positions that they may see the good that you do. And somehow glorify God in heaven. So it's really so much to reflect on. Um, in this passage of scripture and, and, and so many others. Um, Paul instructs Timothy, watch your life and your doctrine. What's It's important what we believe, friends. It is very important. It's also important the way that we live. And what and, and having the right beliefs does not cover over the way that you live. Right. It doesn't. No, you're right. If your doctrine is perfect and you don't live in the character of Christ, what you believe it's going to, your life will work against it. Um, and we see it happening and, and from with different people at different times. And it's not, people aren't glorifying the father in heaven when, when there's hypocrisy in our lives and in the church. Um, but like you said, Nick, this is a great invitation. Right. Um, doesn't matter where, doesn't matter where we've been, where we are, you know, hopefully we all, I know I do have moments of, of what we call conviction, right? When we realize that we've been off track, it, every one of those is just simply an opportunity. Right. To become more the, the, the people that follow Jesus, his disciples, three stinking years in to 24 seven with Jesus, put their foot in their mouth. They got it wrong. They were still living into the old story. It 
<laughs> you know, we're not on unusual ground, folks. It's just they're teaching opportunities. They're discipleship opportunities, every single one of them. But don't miss yours right now. Don't miss the opportunities that are here right now. Don't miss the points of conviction when the Lord helps us to realize that we've not been on track in certain areas. Um, <laughs> don't, don't blow it off, right? Live into what he's called us to do. It's, it's too important to neglect. There you go. That's what I got, Nick. You good? I love it. That's good. Okay, folks. We'll see you later. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we love you all. Bye. Take care.